Welcome to 20% Time, a podcast that takes you behind the scenes of Titan, a web consultancy based out of Chicago, but entirely remote with employees across North America. We specialize in Laravel, a PHP framework, which we're often pairing with any number of JavaScript frameworks and libraries, but we do all sorts of stuff. We work on web apps, we work on mobile apps, you name it, we've been working on it lately. I'm your host, Dave Hicking, and this week I'm joined by Dan Sheets, our CEO and Managing Director here at Titan. Dan, welcome. Hey, Dave. So, Dan, for people who don't know you, because, you know, we have, uh, so we have uh, two partners here at, at Titan, um, two, and so Matt is certainly the most vocal of the, uh, of the two of you on Twitter. So for those of you who don't know you, Dan, who don't follow you on Twitter, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm not really very active on Twitter or, or any social media these days. So um, that's uh, that's a thing. So don't follow you there is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, so you can follow me, but uh, that might be a separate podcast. But um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I kind of keep a low profile. We've got uh, Matt makes plenty of uh, uh, plenty of ways on the internet, and uh, is kind of our face out there uh, on the internet. I'm the one uh, back here, kind of running the business. Um, my primary responsibility is to bring in business and to manage client relationships. So um, you know, might call it business development, you might call it sales, uh, but ultimately to make sure that we have productive work to do uh, at the company. So. Um, you know, I have some other duties as well, uh, not, not the least of which is, uh, you know, hiring and fostering the team that we, that we have. But uh, first and foremost is um, I'm responsible for making the clients and the money come in the door. You know, making sure I don't, I don't mess up, all those things. These are important parts of your job. <laughs> you don't need me looking over your shoulder, Dave. <laughs> so we've got you on the show today because uh, you had come up with this idea. I think it's a really good one. And it's to talk about effectively sort of what makes a good client or to be more specific, sort of what makes a good relationship between Titan and a client. Um, so we could talk about what good means. And I think we're going to sort of get there, but I want to start with talking about transparency, if that's okay. Um, sure. Because I feel like that's something that is often used. Like if you, you know, if you Google, like what, what's a good client agency relationship, you get a lot of hmm. blog posts from you know, a lot of times it's like marketing agencies and stuff, and they always say transparency, 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 and mm-hmm. any business book will tell you, you'll, you'll, it's like a buzzword, right? But mm-hmm. when you think about sort of what transparency and open communications looks like with a client, what, what does that look like to you and how do you establish that? Yeah, so the, I think that's a good word um, that is shot through a lot of the, the different parts of the of the agency-client relationship. And it starts with the very first kind of conversation that I have with a potential prospect, right? So... Um, I would say that compared to some people on those types of calls, I tend to be really casual um, and to spend as much time as I can just kind of listening to what the problems are that the, that the client's actually facing, right? I mean, they wouldn't be calling us if they didn't have um, something that they were trying to trying to fix or change or improve in their organization. So what I try to do is, uh, you know, spend as, as little time as I can talking about what, what we do and as much time as I can understanding the nature of their problem, right? So mm. lots of times, even on that first call, somebody, because, you know, they, they may not be thinking really introspectively about uh, their organization as a whole. They may be thinking, hey, you know, my, uh, I've got bugs in my code base. I've got, you know, way too much, uh, you know, too many features in the pipeline. I can't get them done. I need help, right? So what they've got is, is a solution to their problem in mind, which is, hey, let me call these people so that they can come in and do X, Y, or Z, right? So that may and they may very well be right that that is the problem and you know and the question is just can we solve that problem but uh, equally often they haven't really identified what the 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 
the true nature of the problem is, I guess. And so what I try to get them to do is take a step back a little bit and just talk to me about how, you know, how the organization was formed, um, what their, you know, what the, the business opportunity that they have um, before them looks like. And, you know, just to try to get them to, to reveal why they're, they're in um, the situation that they're in now, you know, the scenario that I've outlined is the one that's more like the the boss of the business is calling me or someone in leadership. Right. Um, but that's not always who I'm talking to at first, but just that's um, if it is that person, but I, I want them to talk to me at a high level about what they're trying to achieve and what the big problems they're facing are. Right. So I'm not sure if that touches on transparency, except to the extent that it, I want them to, you know, uh, if we're going to have a productive relationship, I want them to, you know, we do better with people who are prepared to speak a little bit expansively about, why they're doing what they're doing uh, and what their problems are, right? As opposed to, hey, we just need you to solve this problem or that problem. You know, when can you do it and how much? Yeah. And I mean, that kind of goes to a question I wanted to ask you about, which is, you know, we often talk about, I think, our most successful engagements with clients as partnerships, right? As opposed mm -hmm. to just you hire us to do a thing. Um, can you talk sure. a bit about why why you like to pursue those kind of engagements and and I guess maybe like what makes an engagement a partnership as opposed to something else in your mind? Yeah. So I do think that that's a term that gets thrown around a lot and doesn't necessarily, um, you know, uh, it doesn't get kind of unpacked all the time. But to me, what a partnership is, uh, is a relationship based on trust. And so that's that's true in any area of life, right? It could be your intimate partner. It could be, you know, a, par a business partner that's uh, you know, works with you, you know, like Matt and I are, are partners at, at Titan or a partner in, you know, trying to achieve something. Right. So, and that's the way that I look at, at our client relationships um, goes back to that point about me trying to understand what their problems are. Right. So the only way that I feel like I can be a partner with them is to try to understand what we are together trying to solve. Right. So um, there have been times and, you know, I, I knew that this would, would come up at some point in this conversation about what's a good client. <laughs> But just what what are some challenges to having a good client relationship? And, and you, I'm sure you'll ask this later. But um, one of one of the things that ends up happening sometimes is where I'm not able to talk to anyone in enough of a leadership role uh, in, to get at the the bigger kind of issues that are um, you know that they're facing. You know, this is a little bit in conflict with the idea that we're a pretty specialized agency, right? So. Usually people are showing up on our doorstep because they know we're experts in Laravel, right? right. Or some, you know, some other tech that we, uh, that we happen to specialize in. So we have this very tight positioning. And yet I'm trying to have these kind of expansive conversations with people. It's a little bit um, uh, counterintuitive, but, you know, it also helps me realize, like, if I'm trying to establish a partnership with someone, it makes no sense to be partners with someone that we can't really help or that we're not an appropriate fit for, right? So a big part of me trying to assess that fit and whether or not, you know, we'll be a good partnership is understanding at a high level, you know, just what they're trying to, what they're trying to do. You talked about trust a bit. Um, are there specific elements of trust or kinds of or kinds of trust that you really kind of expect from the beginning when working with a new client? You know, I, I think one of them is that they need to trust Titan to be experts mm -hmm. in what we're experts in, but mm -hmm. we need to trust them to do some things as well, right? Can you talk a little bit about trust? Yeah, for sure. So I can uh, trust is is um, at play in many different aspects of of um, you know the way that that we function, and we we certainly ask for a lot of trust from from our clients, and and that's something that I say really early, you know. And if if somebody balks at that, or I feel like they're going to be 
you know, the, the type of client that, um, or potential client that's going to be more of a, uh, you know, sort of, uh, auditing things, uh, or very skeptical, uh, from the beginning, that might be a, a, a bit of a red flag that we're not gonna be able to work super well together, right? So we do trade a little bit on reputation, right? And by being in such a tight space and, and being associated with with the te- areas of technology that we're associated with, very often people have some sense that we know what we're doing, right? By the time that right. they're, they're coming to talk to me. Um, and so, you know, I expect them to to trust that, first of all, that we know what we're doing in that space. So that's just kind of like the, you know, the most basic thing. But then the way that we engage, uh, I think, probably requires a bit more trust than some other ways you might engage. And, you know, this is um, something that um, I'm not sure how far you want me to go into this, but no, good, let's you, go. You know, <laughs> yeah. So um, so we are a totally time and materials shop. Right. So yeah. we're, we're never going to spend uh, a whole bunch of time building up uh, really complex specs and then promising that we're going to do all of these, you know, features A through X in, uh, you know, in a certain amount of time. Um, and there's a, a hundred reasons for that, but not the least of which is it's just impossible to know how long anything's going to take, right? So, um, so instead, what we say is we're going to, you know, take a look at the problems you're trying to solve, get a, a you know, a reasonable feel for for roughly how big uh, of an ask it is, um, find some people to work on the project, block out a certain amount of time, and put those people on the project full time. You know, put them in a position to do the best work they possibly can while focusing completely on that, um, you know, on, on that single client project at a time. So what I'm and, and at the point that I'm sort of introducing this way of working is I'm already talking about trust. I'm, uh, yeah. you know, with with a with a prospect. I'm saying, you know, um, we could certainly, uh, you know, try to have a much more buttoned up kind of, uh, you know, documented process. But frankly, we just you know, we've been doing this for long enough to know that every minute that we spend covering our ass is a minute that we're not spending developing software for you. And and that's what we that's where we want to spend our time. And so what I'd rather have them do is, you know, trust us as far as, you know, uh, as much as they're willing to for us to get started. And then if it's not working out, then to say, let's move on, let's shake hands and, and no hard feelings. Um, what I'm not uh, as interested in or, or doesn't what doesn't go as well is when the person is extremely skeptical from the beginning about like, you know, what are you going to do in X amount of time? They're, they're basically asking me to, you know, me and, and not just me, but myself and the team to, you know, to, to make things up. Right. And why should you trust somebody who's going to, who's going to make up a bunch of numbers, you know, just to get your business. So uh, that's, so anyways, that's a, a long way of saying we're asking them to trust us yeah. enough that, that we know what we're doing and that, that they're willing to pay us, um, to come and be experts in the things that we're experts in. They trust us to be experts in what we're experts sure. in. And what do we trust them to do? Yeah, and we, we need to be able to trust our clients to be, you know, in a number of different ways. But one, to be honest with us when things aren't going like they hope, right? So yeah. uh, you know this better than anybody because you conduct um, all of these health check meetings that we do with our clients, right? So uh, on, on every client relationship, we uh, on a on a certain schedule that's that's set up at the beginning of the project, we take time to step back and you know sort of be introspective about how things are going. Um, we want them to come in and be candid on those calls. That's why we don't you know the the devs on the project are not on those calls. It's typically you and me and perhaps one other person at the at the company. Um, but we want them to come in with you know not only kind of like complaints if they have them or, or servicing right. things that are, aren't aren't going well, but to, you know, have given it some thought and and to come and bring 
some creative ideas for how to do things better, right? I mean, we're we're looking for, you know, it goes back to the idea of partnership. You know, a, a good partner is is, you know, spending some time kind of thinking about how to optimize things. And that's what we 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 always want to be figuring out how how to how to bring more value to to these these um, to these engagements, and and we need their we need to trust that they're going to be you know be thinking it through as well and bringing their their kind of creative solutions to that um, to that process as well. Earlier, you were talking about how you know um, when you're having these initial conversations, sometimes it's you know with someone at a high level, whether they're mm-hmm. CEO or whatever. Sometimes it's with um, with somebody at a lower level. And one thing that mm-hmm. that comes to mind that I think is important as as a, as, a, as a part of, the, of a good relationship is clarity and roles, mm-hmm. right? So understanding who the highest like ranking stakeholder is, mm-hmm. who's going to be making decisions. Maybe they're the person who signs the checks. Maybe they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that you are trying to sort of suss out on these calls? Is that something where it's more like you trust that in the, as a part of the process of us mm-hmm. doing the project that we're going to, we're going to sort of approach that. How do you, how do you think about that when you're talking during a biz dev sort of conversation? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I think it makes the most sense to answer that that question um, after a project has started. So, um, as you well know, Dave, yeah. um, once we've gone through the kind of intake process that we normally do for new clients, I basically stay out of the way, right? So, uh, you know, I may turn up for a call or two here or there. I usually stay in touch with um, with the original person that I, you know, that contacted me and that I had the the series of discussions with before. Um, we began the engagement, um, but I mostly just, you know, just go back to trust. I mean, I trust you and and the and the team to to go and deliver, and you, you know, you always do. So, uh, but at that, um, you know, w- when I do step back in, it typically has to do with a situation where um, there's a certain uh, there's something going on on the project that where where perhaps there's you know I can just feel stress uh, taking place or, yeah. or you can feel like there's some strain. Uh, in the relationships or, or in the the ways that things are going down, and what I always try to do at that uh, at that stage is to have a conversation with the highest up person I can possibly get, you know, the attention of, right? So, and that may not be the person I talk to at the beginning, and it probably isn't. Uh, so, you know, if I was talking to the you know the the head of engineering or something, and you know, uh, but business conditions are 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 not, they don't have everything to do with how the company is doing, right? So who I want to talk to is the CEO, of I can, right. right? Like the, the the person that has the most kind of a high level understanding of what's going on with the company so that I can try to identify where that stress is coming from, right? Um, you know, usually it's it's coming from a client and, and they won't always even know that they are, are feeling stressed, but we're just getting this vibe, right? And so what I try to do is go in there and get, you know, get to the bottom of it if I can. And then, you know, if it's something that there's nothing I can do about it, at, at the very least, it, it informs our team, uh, you know, as to kind of what's going on. And, and we can kind of understand like, hey, is this us or is it just kind of something going on on their end? Um, and in the best circumstances, I might even be able to have a conversation with that person that kind of allays some of their fears about what we're up to and, and what we, you know, expect to be delivering for them. Um, you know, maybe uh, get a, a, a better understanding of, of the problem in the first place. So, um, so yeah. I feel that Titan is pretty open about our values as a company. If you, you know, mm-hmm. I think about our recent um, job postings that we've done over the past mm-hmm. six months, where we even explicitly sort of documented there, but uh, in terms of podcasts that people who work for Titan do or mm-hmm. blog posts or just even their Twitter feeds, like we're pretty open about that. How, how often do you find yourself talking about those values with our clients? And then conversely, how often do you 
talk about their values that they might have? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, pretty, pretty often, uh, sometimes more obliquely than directly, though, I'd say. Um, I, I think what I'm trying to do is, is, and I don't want to confuse this with like uh, people's political views either, because mm, yeah. that's you know, something that, uh, you know, people are fairly open about that stuff at Titan as well, pu publicly and privately. Um, but, you know, certainly I'd, we're not ex uh, uh, we're, we're not vetting people for for their politics when we're talking about working with them. Sure. Uh, ha having said that, I mean, I do want to have the sense um, that, you know, these are good people. Right. Ultimately, yeah. I want to work with people who care. And I would say that probably the, the area that this is most reflected in is the way that the uh, company or organization treats their own employees. So we've run into circumstances where I felt like folks, you know, where the, the company wasn't treating uh, the company or organization, wasn't treating their employees in a way that I would if I were running, um, running their shop. Yeah. So those kinds of things um, have on a time or two kind of felt made me feel uncomfortable and, and maybe swayed me um, toward to kind of pursuing a different opportunity. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think what I'm trying to do is just figure out like, you know, are these the kinds of people that, that care and, and, you know, that, that, uh, you know, care about people before something else and nothing too explicit, but just, you know, um, a lot of that's just sort of instinct or, or my, my sort of own judge of character on someone, but, um, you know, uh, I, I, I don't have really explicit business mentors, but one, um, is my uncle and he, he, you know, someone has been really successful in, um, you know, kind of several areas of capitalism. I remember asking him one time when I, when I was young, like, what's your, what's your secret? Do you have any advice in business? And he just said, don't do business with anyone you don't like. So, and, you know, I kind of expected him to have a, oh, I don't know, something a little bit more like a business aphorism, but right. he just said, I don't, I don't do business with people I don't like. I mean, if I don't want to talk with them or, or, or learn from them or spend time with them, then I probably don't want to sign a contract with them. So um, I'd say that's probably the way I approach it, uh, mostly. So I want to, I want to shift gears a bit and, and talk about money and budgets, if that's okay. Um, sure. I love that topic. I, and so I'm going to put out an, I feel statement and you can correct me if I think this is wrong. <laughs> okay. I, I feel that in general people, not just clients, but people in general are very uncomfortable with talking specifically about money. I don't know if it's a cultural mm -hmm. thing and it's, there, there are obviously some people in our society who sure. are, who are more comfortable than others, but how important is it? I mean, I think it's very important, right? For the client to know their mm -hmm. budget and not be afraid to talk about it. But yeah, how much time are do you find that you spend and how, how delicate is that sort of aspect of the relationship process? Yeah, I don't find it delicate. Um, I do think that there's an appropriate time to broach the topic. Um, and it isn't like, you know, uh, the, in the first two minutes, maybe, right? Yeah. Like that's, you know, uh, if you, most of our, our leads come in through our contact form, right. Yeah. Um, you know, like the kind of cold or just maybe warmish leads where somebody is knocking on the door. And sometimes when, you know, just from the, something in the email gives me a little bit of a sense that they may not be able to afford us. Right. And then that, under that circumstance, sometimes I'll send an email back, just kind of trying to feel that out a little bit. Cause you know, I don't want to, um, waste anybody's time or, you know, I, I guess waste my own time either on, on calls with folks who just clearly are, are, we're not, you know, kind of playing in the same, um, in the same ballpark. Uh, but in terms of talking about budgets, yeah, I mean, uh, there, there's no sense in, um, in kind of beating around the bush, I guess, uh, either. Right. So, 
Uh, I'd say, you know, if my first call with most people is around a half hour, by the 15 minute mark, I, I usually will have, if not explicitly asked them, you know, what their, what the money situation is, I will yeah. have at least raised it. Right. Or, and sometimes it's not like an amount of money on this particular project, but it might be like kind of getting to how their company or organization is funded. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I just, it's a bit of a different conversation if I'm talking to like a, you know, a VC funded startup versus, um, you know, a grant funded nonprofit, right? So that's, you know, ha ha having that kind of structural understanding of how their money exists at all uh, helps me at least to, to start that conversation and then kind of work our way towards, you know, what are you actually allocating for this, for this project? Yeah. And then what builds on top of that to me is how, you know, are they thinking about this in a sustainable way, right? Not just mm -hmm. Uh, sustainable in terms of like, are they mm -hmm. able to continue? Yeah, funding, yeah. sure. But also like, they're going to own a thing now, <laughs> right? They either yeah. own it already sure. or they've inherited it or they're about to because they're asking us to build something new. Sure. Do, uh, you know, I know like downstream, like when it gets to my my sort of part part of the project, mm -hmm. you know, we're always, I'm always frequently trying to talk about like, okay, you know, it's always like, not just what are we doing now, but what comes next, but because you have the opportunity, hopefully, to, you know, you're speaking to whether it's their CEO or CTO or whoever at the highest mm -hmm. level, you talk about that person with the vision, right? Whoever's got the biggest vision. So mm -hmm. are you, how does sustainability factor in? Yeah, that's a good question, Dave. Um, I, you know, uh, you've heard me talk about this a million times where, you know, there's this part in the conversation, it's usually not in the first, uh, the first uh, discussion I'm having with someone, yeah. but in the first couple where I say to them either explicitly, either I acknowledge that they already get it, or I, I have to say to them, so just so you know, like to some extent, you are now going to be a software company after this, <laughs> you know, perhaps if it's a new project or that like, you know, in some cases where I'm saying, you know, that you are in to some extent, a software company, like right. if you're running core aspects of your business on, uh, you know, um, on the software that we're either working on or developing from scratch. And Sometimes that, uh, you know, it's a little bit eye popping for them. In other cases, they're like, oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I, I, I absolutely get that. Uh, and they, you know, the point of the statement is to indicate to them that they're always going to be paying for software, right? So right. there's no like, let me find an agency from whom I can buy this software development and then just turn off the faucet, right? Like that doesn't, um, you know, either the plan needs to, to be to, you know, uh, bring the development in-house after we're done or maintenance in-house right. uh, to find a, another agency to, to have a series of contractors, whatever it may be. But yes, before we ever work with anyone, we, I've, I, I don't want to say always, but almost always had a conversation about what happens after this is, is over. To me, I find that that is such a key part of, you know, of establishing that trust and establishing that good relationship is, you know, we're not, I like to think, right? We're not just taking their money and running. You know, we're trying to think about like before they even spend any money on Titan, before they spend any time with Titan, which is, you know, arguably more valuable right. than money, that they are, you know, that that we're making sure that they're thinking about, well, what happens when Titan's le left? Or what happens sure. like next year? Like, are you mm -hmm. staffing up? Or I think, I don't know. To me, I, I find that I find that really valuable because it's like, it goes back to kind of being in a partnership, right? Like they're mm -hmm. hiring us, you know, not just to make a widget. Yeah, I mean, interestingly, I think that that their fear is more often the opposite of that we're going to take the money and run, and more that we're 
not going to just take the money and run, but we're going to need to be like around, um, you know, forever. Right. So <laughs> like, this is just, the, this so, is, this is the, this is the, you got your foot in the door. Correct. Like, like, as, like, as if we're, we're just trying to, you know, get our, our uh, hooks into them. And then we're planning on, on continuing to build them for, for this, these services forever. You know, on the one hand, um, that's a thing where, you know, I'm, I'm glad when they're, uh, when they push back on that, because it means that they're at least thinking about what happens next. Right. And on the other hand, of course, I mean, we're, we're trying to build long-term partnerships and relationships like we've talked about. So, you know, it's okay with me if we stick around for a long time, we have, you know, we have client relationships that we've had for as much as, boy, I mean, you know, the one I'm thinking of, but yeah, long time, not nine years. So, Something like that, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I've actually, you know, the, the one I'm thinking about, I, I, before Titan existed in its current form, I already worked on their stuff for you know, a couple of years before that. So, um, so those are great, but um, sometimes, you know, equally effective is a situation where we know at the beginning that they're actually going to be hiring an internal team, right? They're right. they're working to staff up, they're working to to build their own team, which for for most, especially young companies, that's going to be the you know the 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 approach that works best, right? Is for us to get them to uh, a, a certain point and then for them to bring it in-house. Um, now, you know, from working here for a long time, what it takes to build a top-notch development team. I mean, it, it, it's, it's something that's, we've been working on every day for the eight years of the existence of the company. So yeah. it's not easy, right? And and we have been lucky to not have to do it quickly, but our clients very often are trying to do that rather quickly. Um, and so what, what I've talked to them about is, you know, what you what Titan sort of offers in that circumstance is we're that button that they can push while they while they wait to find the right people. And then when they do, we're more than happy to kind of like get them spun up and and make sure that they uh, you know the the new folks that come in are ready to to start uh, bringing value on on day one. So I have that conversation with people all the time where, like if they're saying, well, you know we're planning on bringing this in in in-house um, after you're done and that, you know, um, that's terrific. Uh, that's a, a setup that we, we really like. Um, and you know, the important, the important part that you kind of identified is that we're talking about some plan, right? right. There's not a, the plan isn't like, you, you know, our team is going to come and swoop in and save the day and then boom, they have software. It's just never, you know, that's not how it works. <laughs> so, right. So I feel like one of the things that we, and I say we, cause it happens at all levels at Titan at the project. But one of the things that we do is we are, are trying to set, you know, like, not even just appropriate, but like realistic, like sensible expectations upfront with our clients. Mm -hmm. And we want to provide flexibility both for right. ourselves, but also for their needs as, as we actually get into the project and understand what is going on. Right. It's, it's sort of, we're always finding out more about what exactly it is that they're trying to do. Right. Mm -hmm. um, how, I guess, so it's like almost like a two part question. So one is how, is it, I don't know, hard's the word I want to use, but how is it, so is it difficult to get most of our clients to sort of buy into the idea of flexibility or is, you know, is that something where you have to spend a lot of time building that relationship? And then, yeah, let's start there actually. Sure. So many of the potential clients that come in already do, um, already approach software in the way that we do, which okay. is to say, you know, um, we, I talk about this a lot, like lowercase a agile, right? We're not all that interested in a lot of the 
the rigor that's built up around um, Agile capital A uh, in in recent years, but we are interested in the idea of, you know, some of the ideas from the original manifesto about Agile, you know, like putting people over processes, like, uh, you know, focusing on creating working software as opposed to sort of writing stories about software or, or making all these elaborate documentation, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, so we, we, we want to be developing in an iterative way and, and many people show up already understanding that, right. Where you need to, uh, you know, they get this idea of kind of fixed time variable scope, um, and that things will change as, as we go. And when that's the case, it's kind of like, great. Uh, when do we start? We're happy to come in and I don't have to explain very much. Um, right. e equally, equally often though, I have to kind of make that pitch and help people understand, that that's just how these things work most effectively. You have to be prepared to, you know, uh, for the the final product. Uh, if we're stopping it on a certain day, uh, you know, which we always are, right? I mean, there's always a, a fixed amount of time that we're engaged for that we don't know what that product is going to look like. Um, we do know that, you know, we're going to size up the project and break it down into its constituent parts and get through as much as we possibly can in that amount of time, given all the, you know, the variables, um, you know, and that they also, you know, the client has is free to change their mind in that circumstance too. They, they can sort of, you know, uh, have us focus on a different aspect if, if the business conditions change or if just, you know, like for instance, an early version kind of didn't prove out a hypothesis that they, that they had um, coming in. Uh, so yeah, it, it helps to kind of give some examples to them, uh, about, yeah. about how to, you know, how that's gone well in the past. And I think usually, uh, by the end of that conversation, um, folks, it seems pretty obvious that that's, it, it's the better approach. The, the, and there, you know, there are some, uh, the, the way that that interfaces with money is, is sometimes more difficult to, to get them to understand, but, um, but, you know, it's kind of, kind of my job, right? Yeah, and I, I think that one thing that's key to being able to pull off that flexibility mm -hmm. is the fact that hopefully we've established trust, right? Mm -hmm. They trust that we are going to help them make an informed decision. Mm -hmm. There's trust on our end because it's not like we're saying, okay, well, you have to sign this change request form and, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're holding yourself to X, Y, and Z. We're right. going to, you know, it's always a trade-off and it's always an evolved conversation. But to me, for that flexibility to work... Mm -hmm. They trust us. We trust them. We're all going towards this common goal, right? Which is to make mm -hmm. them the best product that they that they can possibly build. Yeah, and and that's um, you know something that makes those conversations really easy for me because I know that if if what I'm saying to this person is what you need is a team of two Titan developers, you know, a lead and and a staff developer, you know, possibly with a project manager like Dave or Gene on the project, um, and you know, uh, and in that eight weeks. Starting from day one until the end, I I'm quite certain that there's no better way for them to spend their money on this project, right? Like those are like I believe that myself entirely. So what I have to I have to help them kind of understand why I'm saying that, right? And um, right, you know, uh, and part of that is is you know hopefully we have a little bit of reputation, um, but some people don't, you know, some people were were come they came to us from a you know, word of mouth or something like that, or, or they were re uh, referred to us uh, not knowing anything about the tech that we'd be working in. Right. So yeah. uh, under that circumstance, I have to kind of uh, help them understand um, the, you know, <laughs> why I think that they're spending their money. Well. I can't remember what the original question was. That, I, I, we got <laughs> there. We got there. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. 
switching gears because it's not all about money. Sure. Um, how I don't know. If, how, I keep saying how important. So let me ask. Um, I think one good aspect of a really productive and and hopefully healthy client agency relationship is that we're all kind of at some level enjoying the work that we're doing a little bit, right? Like mm-hmm. they don't feel it's a grind. We don't feel it's a grind. Is that do you, does that sound right to you? And and do you from your level at a at, you know high level as you're sort of maintaining that trying to help maintain that relationship? Are you kind of keeping track in any way of, I don't know, call it like a happiness, maybe not happiness index, but you know, some mm-hmm. sort of like, you know, you talked before about like a vibe or like a smell test, but like yeah. on the flip side, like, are you kind of keeping an awareness of, yeah, this, this project is like, you know, we're doing meaningful work. They see we're doing meaningful work. Sure. Like that trust is working. Like, do you think about happiness or enjoyable, like the enjoyable factor or anything like that? Yeah, all the time. And, and, you know, you know this well, because you're one of the people that's helping me keep an eye on that on a day-to-day basis. Right. So yeah. Uh, one thing, yeah, so I for sure am. And, and uh, the the first line of, of defense there, or the first way that we understand that is just to talk to our devs, right? Like, yeah. you know, to, to you know, partially just kind of get a, a a oblique sense of how they seem to be doing, but then also just asking them, right? Like, you know, how, how's this going? Do you feel like we're, you know, you're in a position to to do good work here? Is there anything blocking you? Is there any, you know, dynamic with the client that is making this difficult? Um, and, you know, uh, so yeah, we're always always assessing that. Um, and then if the answer is no, then we're always, you know, what we're trying to do is, is figure out practical ways to go and alleviate the, the things that aren't fun. Right. Um, so one other thing I would say about that too, is what ends up, uh, the kinds of projects that end up being fun are not maybe the ones that I would think a lot of times. Right. So sometimes we get ourselves into, um, you know, situations where someone had a really uh, a difficult code base that had been, um, you know, either developed by someone who, uh, who was more of a hobbyist or was just kind of figuring it out as they, as they go, which is fine. fine. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, but where it's kind of an unglamorous thing we're doing, where we're coming in and doing a lot of kind of technical debt, uh, work and, um, you know, perhaps adding testing where they didn't have any things like that, that don't seem all that glamorous or don't have that much like user facing impact. But uh, our devs a lot of times love those projects, right? Mm, and it's not yeah. even, it's not because there's like some really demonstrable, uh, you know, value that faces outward, but because there's meaningful work to be done that engages their expertise in ways that, um, you know, makes them feel valuable, right? And I think that's, you know, I, I think that's what makes our team happy is when folks feel like they're doing valuable work and that that work is, is appreciated by the client. Right. So, right. Um, you know, whether a client's having any fun is, you know, a different, <laughs> it's harder to assess, uh, okay. you know, some, some people are more guarded than others. Um, but you, you know, uh, just going back to those health checks, Dave, that you're on all the time. I mean, we know when, when the, when the clients are like really happy, right. Because right. they they just tell us, you know, I mean, yeah, they're, it's true. uh, and, and they, you know, um, and if they're not, we, um, usually it's something that we, probably had a sense was already, you know, uh, a, a point of, of contention. And, and, uh, usually there's, there's some concrete action we can take to, to, uh, kind of free it up. So, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm not making much of a, a distinction between like the project going well and everyone having fun, uh, <laughs> because it seems like that's kind of the, you know, uh, that usually is, is the key is, you know, the, the project is doing what it's supposed to be doing and, and right. their, their goals are being achieved. Right. So, yeah. Um, I was going to ask, like, so when a relationship does go off track, 
how do you mm-hmm. like what, sort of what are you what are you thinking in your head or like okay like mm-hmm. how do i like wh- how do you approach trying to get that on track i mean i'm i'm assuming that's a very broad question and it depends on the mm-hmm. on, on the client but i don't know if you have mm-hmm. any sort of thoughts there yeah so uh the how is harder to um harder to assess generally because it's a very context specific there's the ways to get like a relationship back on track are innumerable and it's it totally depends right yeah but i will say this that the most common reason that a project goes bad at Titan is me. Right? <laughs> it is. That's, because okay, it means, that's, a, that's a big statement. Seriously, because you, usually it's because I've said something or made a promise that either didn't get communicated down to the team effectively or that or was sort of, you know, me speaking in a grandiose way with the client, um, you, you know, without respecting all the steps that it takes to get to that point. Right. So I, I have over the years trained myself to get uh, to, you know, kind of rein myself in a little bit and try to speak in ways that um, are not going to put my team in a position of having to like, you know, um, sort of uh, pay for my, um, for my big mouth. Right. Um, But it's, but, but seriously, I mean, the team does such a, such an amazing job when they're put in a good position to do so that that's, you know, usually it's, it's uh, if it's something on our end, usually it's me. And not uh, the team or or our our you know project managers. Uh, on the client side, I mean, there's all kinds of ways that um, people uh, can begin to misbehave. I mean, we've everybody who's who's done agency work has have been around a you know a bad client, right? Um, but you know, there, there's so much that's been said about about bad client behavior. I don't have a ton to to add there. Um, other than to say that, like, you know, being able to go and speak courageously to clients, um, is something that, um, is hard to do and, and also must be done, uh, very often. Um, I'd give, you know, you and, uh, and, and, you know, Matt, uh, a ton of credit there too. And when we have to have difficult conversations, you guys typically, uh, approach those things really head on and, and, um, go and just try to speak truth uh, in the situation when there might be something difficult going on. So um, it's hard to speak any more generally about it than that, sure. but like just trying to identify the problem and then, you know, come up with, uh, you know, with ways that don't blame uh, the the person, but, but in fact, identify like ways forward that will be better. Right. I think yeah. that's the, the main uh, thing that we try to do. So. So that's actually the end of, of the questions that I had. Is there one aspect that you can think of off the top of your head about something that might define or might explain a good mm-hmm. client agency relationship that we haven't talked about? I mean, I don't think so, Dave. Uh, a lot of them, um, w- when I think about the the things that go well uh, for, you know, at Titan, it, it typically has to do with, um, you know, when the client really needs our work, right? And, and when uh, they show up and... and you know, are, and we're just a, the right fit for, for what they need. Um, and that they're nice folks with, uh, you know, that are trying to do something decent and treat people well. And we nearly all projects with those conditions go well. So, um, you know, it's, uh, what I just try to do is put us in that position as often as possible. <laughs> so I think that's, uh, I think that's how I'd sum it up. Well, thanks for joining us, uh, on this episode of the podcast, Dan, I really appreciate it. Um, since you said people shouldn't follow you on Twitter, we should instead uh-huh. direct them to follow Titan on Twitter, right? Which is sure, at Titan yeah. Co. Um, Titan.co is obviously the website. We're we're not, I was going to say we're everywhere. No, we're not. We're on LinkedIn. We're not really on Instagram. We're not on Facebook. So Twitter <laughs> or the website, that's the best place to go. 
Yeah, that the, you you can find me on our website, and uh, I, I'm sure I'm out the, there on the internet and spots too. I just uh, yeah, Twitter. I've, my Twitter account's been pretty dormant for a while. Well, there's no baseball. So, it's true. That, that was one of the, probably my main topic. So it's it's actually kind of a relief. Um, but that's a that's another topic. <laughs> All right, thanks, Dan. Really appreciate it.